What's up everybody, Esoteric Eddie here, Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the audio version of Esoteric Eddie TV. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. I did DMT for the first time. Check it out. (coughs) Yeah, so I had the opportunity to do DMT and... No spoiler alert, but you'll see what happened. And it was interesting how this whole experience came about for me. This year in particular has been very serendipitous for me. There have been so many uh, coincidences or alignments or all kinds of things that have just been leading me further down this path of spirituality, of aligning with my higher self and my higher purpose. And this was one of those cases it's pretty interesting. So I'm going to tell you that story first before we get into this trip. So um, earlier this year, I started going to healing ceremonies when I moved back to California um, to kind of combat the craziness that I've been involved with uh, since I've been back. Um, But I've always been into healing ceremonies. And it's something that's been a part of my life for many years. And I never, I never really noticed it. Actually, one of the first people to ever introduced me to the spiritual community um, was my cousin, Luis. And this was years ago, way before I was really in tune with practical spirituality. And he used to take me to um, Trilogy down in La Jolla, where there's always all these ceremonies and cool events being being uh, held, you know, years ago, um, back when I was just a stoner, hip-hop artist, you know, very street-oriented. And he would take me to um, sound bowl healings and guided meditations. And I just thought he was crazy. I thought he was a weird hippie. I thought it was all kind of stupid and silly. But um, I really, I always liked the meditation aspect of things, like laying there and getting deep into the mind. And of course, I liked, you know, cannabis and mushrooms and stuff like that. But it wasn't until many years later now um, where I really started to appreciate practical spirituality and how it can really center you and open you up as well to um, all kinds of multi-dimensional quantum experiences that you can bring back into everyday life to help you cope with or deal with or simply elevate with. And so this is something that's always been a part of my life, you know, healing ceremonies, psychedelics, traversing the multiverse and stuff like that. And so DMT had always been on my mind. And, um, at first, it frightened me. I mean, I wanted to do it, but it frightened me. The idea of it always frightened me. And so it was awesome that I finally reached a point in my life where I felt like I could do it. Like I, I could really take it on and, and receive what the medicine was going to show me. And the first time I learned about DMT, I was in uh, early high school. when I And it was when I read uh, DMT, The Spirit Molecule, which is an awesome book about the doctor who was like the first doctor who was legally allowed to experiment with it and his experiences with his patients. It's an awesome book. And so I read that in like ninth grade. And ever since then, I wanted to try DMT. And I had some other opportunities to do it, but I never had the courage to until now. And so I got back into healing ceremonies or or really got into healing ceremonies this summer when I moved back to California and started incorporating that into my life. And early on, 
Um, so this is this is weird. So this is the chain of events, I guess, that led me to DMT, right, in one way or another. So I was at the car wash one day, this car wash that me and my family have been going to my entire life. So I went to that car wash to get my car wash. And I saw my dad there, for one, which, no surprise, of course, he was there, we were hanging out. But I saw this interesting gal there, and I was like, huh, she's very interesting. And so I decided to talk to her or whatever, and um, come to find she was a yoga instructor, and into spirituality and all these things and so we exchanged information and um, i ended up going to one of her healing ceremonies and at the healing ceremony i had to do uh well we had to partner up so i partnered up with this other gal there um, who looked very familiar and so we're doing all these like um exercises you know these healing exercises like eye gazing and so me and this this gal this chick are eye gazing and we have to repeat to each other you know i love you <laughs> so we're like looking into each other's eyes and we're just saying, and I, well, at first I, I didn't hear um, the teacher say that we had to say, I love you. So I didn't know that's what we had to say. And so she's looking at me and she whispers to me, I love you, but I couldn't really hear her. So I thought she said, I know you. And I was like, yeah, holding her hand, looking her in the eyes. I was like, yeah, I know you too. And she's like, no, you're supposed to say, I love you. And I was like, oh, sorry. So I was like, um, I love you. But then afterwards, I was like, why do you look so familiar? And then I got it. I looked at her and I said, Milfleur. And she's like, what? How do you know that? And so it turns out we both worked at Milfleur, which is like the top French restaurant in San Diego. And uh, years ago, when I was homeless living in my car, which is a whole nother story. And I remember back then having a crush on her, a little crush. You know, I was the dishwasher. And she was the hostess, and so she'd come back and throw her plates down. And I don't know, I thought she was cute and everything. And um, that was a whole other era of my life, man. It was a trip. I remember during that time, I was homeless, and uh, I was working two jobs to stay distracted. I was working a job down by the beach, Solana Beach, right by the beach, at Naked Cafe during the day in the morning. So I'd have breakfast there, do my morning thing, go dip in the ocean, take a shower, and then go to the other side of uh Solana Beach towards Rancho Santa Fe and work at Mill Floor during the night. You know, do the night shift there, get some food again. It was a cool gig. And then drive back down to the beach, sleep in my car, do a little reading. It was a very psychedelic time because um, on my breaks at the restaurant, I'd go and sit in my car or sometimes go smoke, you know, some cannabis with the guys and uh, read, read. And at the time I was reading a book on lucid dreaming. And, and so I learned a lot about lucid dreaming and circadian rhythm. And I remember being inside the dish pit, like sometimes looking around, like, am I in a dream right now? Like what is consciousness? What is waking and, and sleeping self and this whole thing? And it was a very psychedelic time. So anyway, I'm at this healing ceremony that I got invited to by um, the homegirl Sundari. Um, shout out if you're watching and me and the other homegirl that I reconnected with, uh, Jade, we're sitting there eye gazing, saying I love you to each other. And it's this weird, like full circle thing. And, and it was really weird too, because check this out. So the, the intention for that healing ceremony was forgiveness. And so I knew that prior to getting there. So I was like trying to, we were asked to think about forgiveness and, and who we, or who or what we want to forgive. And we had to go around and tell each other, you know, what, what we're forgiving, what our intention is. And I decided to forgive my cousin, Luis, who had initially brought me into that life years ago before I was ready. Uh, because we have 
been distant and and uh, broken uh, for years now, for for two to three years, because in in my opinion, he betrayed me, you know, in a very vile way. But um, and I cut him off ever since then. But time healed me, and I didn't think it would. Honestly, I thought I was done with him forever. But time did heal me, and I healed myself, and I matured and was able to look past what he had done to me. And so, literally the day before that ceremony, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna be brave here. And so, I decided to try and call him and text him to forgive him and just to catch up. But he didn't answer, which is fine. It was just the thought of it. The, the action of actually releasing that from my heart, you know, like actually picking up the phone and trying to call him was a big deal for me. So that was really cool. And it was kind of full circle again, you know, because he initially brought me into that life. Um, and here I was getting back into it. And you know, he, he came back into the picture in that sense that I was going to try and forgive him or whatever, you know. So um, that was beautiful. And then I reconnected with Jade there, eye gazing, saying, I love you. And then, so we reconnected and she remembered me too. Like, oh yeah, I remember you. And so we reconnected there. And then, uh, so months passed by and I'm, and I'm, you know, living my life here, integrating and balancing spirituality and secularism and existentialism in between. And so I end up going to one of Jade's ceremonies, you know, so now we're close or, or connected again. And so, I go to one of her ceremonies and then um, it's a beautiful one, a bunch of awesome people. And there are two ladies there, two young gals who I end up connecting with. Um, one of them, I won't mention her name for now, um, but I end up connecting with uh, her. We'll just call her, her G. <laughs> I'll call her G. I connected with G and Leia. Now I'm going to pause on Leia for a second here, but get back to G. So, uh, me and G were talking, and and she looks familiar for some reason. Actually, her and Leia looked familiar for some reason. And so me and G get to talking, and come to find out, we had already met each other. We met each other years ago during my crazy years um, when I was in a band, and she was in a band too. And we used to go to the same um, open mic at Aztec Brewery in Vista. And so we met already. I remember we had met each other years ago. We had been talking and her bandmate actually was trying to recruit me into their label at the time. And so we'd already met. We already knew each other a little bit back in our crazy band days. And so here we were reconnecting, having a great time. And then me and her decided to attempt, uh, you know, dating for a little bit. And that's a whole other thing. Didn't quite work out, but we still had fun nonetheless. And so it, I met her and then her friend Leia was there. And me and Leia talked a little bit there, but we didn't really connect deeply. We ended up following each other on Instagram later, but there was something there with me and Leia. I didn't know what, you know, there was, there was some energy there, but I didn't know what to think about it because I was just so um, focused on G, like, oh, this is awesome, you know. And But later I would find out that there was another reason I was there and that was to meet Leia. And so... Um, yeah, so I did that. I left that. And then, you know, months go by and I'm doing my life, living my life. And I end up going on a date with this other chick, a friend of mine who we're now friends. You know, we've, we've uh, established that we are not going to be dating or anything like that. You know, we're just going to, we're just going to move forward as friends and we're talking, we're chilling. And I didn't expect her to be so cool. Like the first day we hang out was just so awesome. She was so amazing and very spiritual and experience and just awesome. And uh, in passing, she tells me, uh, 
I have a deep a DMT pen. I'm like, what? No way. Like, I think I'm ready to do it, you know? So she has this DMT pen and she gives it to me or lets me borrow it. And so I have this DMT pen and uh, ready to do it, you know? So we, we hang out and all of this happens and DMT comes my way via my friend. Um, yeah, I'm sure she won't mind if I name her, but yeah, uh, my friend Luna. So Luna gives me the DMT pen and I'm just anticipating it. And the moment I knew I was going to do it, that same, that same night, I, I reached out to my friend Leia, Leia at the event that I met G at. And I was like, this is why I met her because Leia is an awesome facilitator and we're going to be collaborating more and doing a lot of awesome work together. Um, Leia, Leah, I'm not sure what she goes by. Honestly, I need to ask her. It's Leia or Leah. I'm going to call her Leia. Sorry, Leah, Leia. But you're Leia in this video. And so uh, I reached out to Leia because she's an awesome facilitator. She's, she's traveled the world. She's done a lot of healing ceremonies, psychedelic ceremonies for people. So she was the perfect one. And actually, like a week before that, I went to a ceremony that she guided. It was an awesome ceremony. There was like 40 of us. And she was just guiding us all with her awesome um, sound bowls and drums and everything. So it was that ceremony that really... Um, gave me confidence in her as a healer and facil facilitator. So I reach out to her. I'm like, yo, I got this DMT pen. Like, are you willing to do a one-on-one -on -one ceremony with me and just watch over me and, and make sure I'm good? And of course she was excited. She's like, yeah, let's do it. You know? So, um, yeah, man, all of that led me to DMT and in that moment. And so this is where the DMT story officially begins. So we schedule the day and the day comes. The day comes and, and everything was strange from the moment I woke up that day. I woke up in a jolt because I was dreaming and I remembered in my dream that I had to get up at a certain time. So I'm dreaming. And I'm like, oh, dang, I need to wake up. It's time to go do DMT. So I jolt up from my dream and was instantly hit with like doubt and fear. And so I almost instantaneously said out loud. I am ready to do DMT. And I just took some breaths, stretched, and got up. But I was in a haze as soon as I woke up because I had a strange dream, a very ominous dream. And in my dream, I remember I was with my friend, another girlfriend. And in the dream, she was supposed to be the one administering the DMT to me. But I remember in the dream finding her and be like, hey, do you have it? And her saying, like, kind of whimsically, like, oh, actually, no, I don't have it. So-and-so has it. And I was like, what? What do you mean you don't have it? And I remember in my dream, it was, like, getting dark. It was, it was evening, and the sun was setting. And so I was, like, in this hurry to find the DMT. And she's like, oh, so-and-so has it. And I don't remember what she said or who she said. So I remember, I remember being upset that, that she didn't have it and that I had to go find it and that I wasn't going to be able to do it in that moment. And I also remember in that dream, on two occasions, as I was looking for the DMT, I looked up at the sky and the clouds formed on two separate occasions into the form of a lion. And the lion looked at me and the eye of the lion turned into a real eyeball, a fierce one. And then the lion swooped down on me twice throughout my dream and came down towards me as if it was going to smother me or engulf me or, or hit me. I didn't think it was going to eat me, but I just felt like it was going to hit me or something. And I remember just being super daunted by it, you know, super... Uh, scared and so like I would like run from it 
And so I woke up still in that haze from that dream. Like, huh, it's kind of weird. Didn't think much of it, you know. I thought maybe it was like the gods or something saying like, do you really think you're ready? Like almost, almost as if the gods are saying, we don't think you're ready, which made a lot of sense. And you'll find out why later. And so I'm like, whatever, I rub that off, you know, I shake that off. And uh, I go to the farm. I live on a farm and I work several hours a week here. So I went to the farm to go milk the goats and feed the animals like I usually do um, some of the mornings. And as soon as I get to the farm, I notice right away that something's off. I notice that all the chickens are loose. They're not supposed to be loose. They're supposed to be in their coop. And I'm like shocked. Like, what the heck? How do they even make it through the night? like that, you know, because a lot of times we'll have coyotes sneak in and eat them. That's why we put them in the coop at night. So I was shocked. That was already strange. And, and they were just to see, just to see all of them out there like that, just kind of like bewildered me and not just to see them out there like that, but all of them, like, um, what do you call it? I don't know, gawking or whatever you could call them just screaming at me, you know, like, Hey, feed us, you know? So it was already a strange scene. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. Didn't think much of it, you know? And so I go to milk the goats. And, and as soon as I, as soon as I squeeze the, the teat for milk, the first thing that comes out is blood. So blood comes out of the goat and I'm a little shocked because that's never happened. I've been living on this farm for eight months and I've, that's never happened to me. So I see some pink, pinkish tint come out of, come out of the, come out of the teat with the milk. I'm like, what the heck? There's no way that's blood. That's weird. And so I do a couple more squirts just to to see if it'll filter out. And on the second or third squirt, this thick glob of blood comes out. And now I'm freaking out. Now I'm like, am I still sleeping? Like, what the heck is going on? You know, I, I, I was weirded out. Like, these were all bad omens to me. And at that point, I'm completely doubting this DMT, this DMT trip. Like, man, maybe I'm not supposed to do DMT today. You know, and so I go bring up the, the blood, I bring the blood uh, uh, to the attention of my landlord and, you know, we do the whole thing and we basically get her off, off of the, the feeding or the milking table and let her rest for the day. She's doing all right, by the way, but that was just strange, really strange. And so I go about the rest of my day um, with all of that in mind and I'm starting to have these weird doubts, these weird thoughts about life, about DMT, about psychedelics, questioning whether it's really my time to do DMT. And so... As I'm getting ready, I'm thinking about the worst that could happen. I'm like, huh, maybe in my trip, I'm going to go off into some weird hell or something. And I'm like, nah, it's okay. Like to me, the devil's not real. You know, it's all some psychological projection and, and archetypal stuff. So I'm like, the devil's not real. I'll be fine. But then I start thinking about the nothingness, you know, what if I just disappear? What if my consciousness fades away and I go into some strange nothingness for what seems like eternity? But then I started thinking to myself, well, if everything around us came from nothing, then that nothingness must be the most miraculous and beautiful nothing there is. So then I was kind of like quelling these, these, these thoughts within me. I'm like, okay, whatever, man, whatever happens, I'm ready for it. So I'm getting ready and I wanted to put on like some kind of tunic or some kind of spiritual garment, but I don't have anything like that. You know, it would have been cool too, but I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to just re dress in my regular street garb, you know, something that makes me feel comfortable. And, but uh, as I was getting ready, I felt like a sort of astronaut or something putting on their suit. 
getting ready to leave this world. And so I take off and I get ready to drive down to Ocean Beach to have my first DMT trip with my friend Leah. And on the way there, I'm having more thoughts. And um, I'm also listening to Terrence McKenna speak about DMT and psychedelics because he's been the biggest encouragement for me um, for this experience. Listening to him portray his experiences and uh, give advice on the experiences gives me a lot of excitement. Like the way he talks about it is exciting and makes me want to do it and, and be ready for whatever comes my way. So I was listening to him on the way down there. I had an hour drive, so the, so the anticipation was building up. And it was funny because on my way there, I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this, no problem. But as soon as I got down to OB, like the energy changed. I was like, this is it, man. Like I'm moments away from leaving this universe. And uh, that's what I've been looking to do. That's, that's why I'm ready for DMT, man, because I've done a lot of, a lot of psilocybin, some LSD. And although I still want to go back to those medicines, mostly psilocybin, um, for, for newer reasons, for new reasons, more mature reasons. Right now, I, I don't feel it necessary to incorporate those medicines in my life because to be honest, for me, they don't do much than just uh, tell me what I already know about this life here. Not to say that there aren't more lessons that they're going to show me because I know there are, but doing mushrooms or acid, it's just, to me right now, it's not gonna do much other than just have me hallucinate here on earth and i don't really need that i don't need i don't need to walk around for uh eight to 12 hours hallucinating here on earth just getting these downloads about how corrupt and messed up this place is i already know that so i'm not looking to just walk around hallucinating for hours i'm ready to leave this universe leave this reality and go experience the other dimensions i i want to see that i wanted to see that you know that's what i was looking to do and so I get to OB, I uh, sat in my car for a bit, I, I was hesitant, you know, I was gathering myself, my last thoughts, you know, kind of like the man on the moon in the lunar craft, or getting ready to take those first steps on the moon, you know, moon landing's fake, I know, I know, but I'm just speaking metaphorically, you know, I felt like, the, like a man on the moon just getting ready to take those first steps. So I chill in my car for a bit. I get out. Uh, I go to Leia's place and she gives me a warm welcome and she has everything beautifully set up for me. It was very awesome. I loved the way that she prepared her space for me. And of course, she's a professional. She's been doing this for many years. And so we did a lot of cool things to get ready. We, uh, she, we did a, a healing. Um, so she started off by saging me and blessing me and having me do some affirmations and prepare my mind and body. And then we also picked out uh, a tarot card and I ended up getting the um, father of swords, I believe. And in this particular deck, the sigil for that card was or is an owl with a sword. And that was particularly uh, awesome because I have been in been pondering what I'm going to get tattooed next on my arm right above this piece right here. And one of the uh, main ideas that I have is to get a horned owl right here. 
And that's exactly what that card was, was a horned owl. So I'm like, huh, maybe it's a sign. I don't know. I'm on the right path. Who knows? And so that was cool. We did some, you know, exercises to get the mind and body prepared, the soul prepared. And then uh, there came the moment. Without further hesitation, I had nothing left to do but face the medicine, take the medicine. And so Leia was there to facilitate and guide and watch over me. She was playing music. She was um, also attending to my body, um, hitting tuning forks, all kinds of stuff, giving me encouraging words. Now, um, spoiler alert, the DMT did not work. <laughs> it didn't work. It was, it, was a, it was a vape pen. So, but I still had some crazy experiences. So stick around because I did have some crazy experiences. I just did not blast off. And I was warned of that by a couple friends. They told me that the vape pens don't really work. And even Leia told me that too. She said that she tried the vape pens and they're notorious for not, you know, uh, blasting people off. You can still trip, which I did. Um, but they're just low potent potency, these, these vape pens. And Leia also told me that her first DMT trip was, was just like mine. You know, she never blasted off. It wasn't until she took Bufo or, or the other more potent forms of it that she was able to blast off. But anyways, um, I took the first hit. And as soon as I took the first hit, something did set in. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is wild. And I took the second hit. And the second hit really got me. I started to, to feel, um, just, I, I started to feel really intense. I started to see everything around me kind of shifting. I saw like with my eyes open, I saw this weird, like white, uh, I don't even know. It was just like this, this, this white, uh, colors, I guess. Not even that, man. I don't even explain it. Like as I, my vision just slowly became encased with like this, I keep saying white with this white space. There was just like this white, I want to say canvas, but like, I feel like there's, there's just nothing you can ever say to like properly explain these things. Right. But anyways, as soon as I took that fat second hit, my, my, I, uh, my eyes became encased with this white shade and over the white shade were these geometric symbols. And so I felt like, Oh man, like I'm going to blast off. This is it. But it was so intense, like all of that was so intense, I simply could not pick up the pen again and take that third hit, which I was told you need to do. Because, you know, McKenna, many people say that, you know, you need those three full hits. And I messed up that first session, that first round. I possibly could have blasted off had I taken a fat rip after the second one, but I just couldn't. It was too intense. I was like, oh man, like I was starting to lose my vision and see things. And, and I started to feel that intensity in my brain and started to kind of hear the humming um, that is typical of DMT trips. You know, that buzzing, that, that drone noise you hear before you blast off. And so <clears throat> I sat back and kind of just sat with that for a little bit, like feeling that out, like, Cause I didn't know I, I, I was under the impression that this pen was just full potent DMT. Like all these years that I've heard about DMT, I was told all you need is three hits and that's it. You're off. And sometimes even one or two. And so I was under the impression that as soon as I hit that thing, I was going to basically leave this universe, you know? So I, I wanted to sit back and feel that like, Oh, is this it? Like, am I blasting off? 
But um, to my astonishment or whatever, my, my disappointment, I didn't. You know, I sat back. I sat with that psychedelic experience for a little bit and was like, whoa, okay, well, I didn't blast off. So I obviously need to try again. But I was just like, there was a point where my body was like shuddering because of how nervous I was about it. Because before I had nothing, I had no context. I didn't know what to expect. So I was just kind of going at it naively. But now after I hit it and like felt the intensity, felt the hit, you know, felt the punch of DMT and what it could be, I was like, oh man, I don't know. So I was like shuddering and I had... Uh, Leia kind of calmed me down. She did a great job of calming calming me down. And after I was soothed, I was ready to go again. And man, let me tell you, we did like four rounds, bro. Like I must have hit that pen like 50 times close to that. I don't know. I, I hit it so many times, held it in, did everything I could, did everything anybody told me to do. Um, but I simply could not blast off. But there were some really awesome experiences awesome visuals and just some cool thoughts and downloads that i got you know uh, i remember like in the middle of our, of our of the journey um when i got really comfortable with the pen was like hitting it i would close my eyes and then put my hands over my eyes to make it even more dark and at the peak of the experience like probably the most intense part of the entire experience i did see a portal in my mind start to open up the chrysanthemum as uh mckenna would say and that was really awesome so i had my eyes closed and my my hands over my eyes and i remember saying i can see the chrysanthemum (laughs) and what i saw was like this rose petal looking thing out in the distance slowly coming forth into my third eye vision and like just beautifully start to open up and around it were these other like neon geometric uh, shapes and, total, and all of it encapsulated in total darkness. And so this beautiful chrysanthemum was opening up for me, but I just couldn't go through it. I couldn't leave my body and go to it. And But what was interesting about that is that um, I realized that chrysanthemum has always been with me all along. Now, here's something about me that I might have shared here and there on some podcasts. Um, I have been doing weird spiritual practices my entire life without knowing it. For example, ever since I was a kid, I did like weird sun meditations. I remember when uh, I had this very vivid memory when I was of doing this when I was young. I was at the park with my siblings, Bringle Terrace Park in Vista, actually, to be exact. And I remember swinging, facing the sun. And I used to love closing my eyes while facing the sun. And the sunlight on my eyelids would like basically fry my eyes or something. I don't know. It would like, yeah, basically fry my eyes and kind of like, um, what's the word? Basically um, tr- transition. I don't know. The, the sunlight on my eyelids would make the contrast extreme basically my the contrast of my vision extreme towards the light right like so so the whiteness the white contrast of my vision would 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 be extreme because of the sunlight hitting my eyelids and so i would let that happen for like a little bit and then i would like violently open my eyes and then allow the contrast and, and the light to readjust and like that experience was so amusing to me because when i would open my eyes 
everything would like flicker in sort of like kind of fade in a little bit. And that experience was like psychedelic for me as a kid, like, whoa, like seeing everything kind of fade back in and normalize. And, um, so that's one thing, but all throughout my life, when I would like meditate as a kid and as a, as a young adult, I would, I would see, and I have seen, and I would, and I will see whenever I do it, um, this chrysanthemum, this, this little red, portal thing this little red petal thing and i have been chasing that my entire life basically and whenever i meditate that's actually one of the goals that i have is i first i try to shut the monkey brain off you know i try to um quiet my mind and focus and once i achieve that the next step for me is to focus in on that chrysanthemum i've been doing that for years and i didn't know the power of that until I did my DMT trip. I didn't realize that that thing had been there my entire life, but I never realized that that chrysanthemum had also been a gateway for me to, to the spiritual realm. I just always thought it was awesome and cool to kind of like make it appear and, and see it with my third eye in meditation and watch it kind of dance around and grow. But when I did DMT this time, I saw her in the fullest form I've, I'd seen her yet. And it was beautiful. She was huge and she was ready for me to enter. But I couldn't, I couldn't leave. The pen was too low, uh, potent. It was a low potency pen. So that was really cool. But what was interesting is like, I realized the intensity of nothingness. Cause, um, all throughout my podcast, uh, or a lot in, in a lot of recent podcasts, you've probably heard me say that going to heaven and hell are privileges to die and go to a heaven or a hell is a privilege as crazy as that sounds to have any experience after death is a privilege to have your consciousness continue after death is a privilege either which way and that is my opinion uh, because either way it says that you know you're there, there's still a, a chance for you if you go to heaven i mean you made it to heaven right there's no complaints there but if you go to hell to me that's still an indication um that there's something more for you, that there's more lessons to be learned and you could possibly get out of there. But to go nowhere, to just cease to exist and to fall into some nothingness, that's the worst thing. And so I felt disappointed about my DMT trip and I felt like that's where I ended up in like a nothingness. You know, I just, I was in the corridor as Terrence McKenna would say. Actually, I was laughing um, during the DMT trip at one point because I was like, man, I'm just hanging my hat in the hallway. And Leia was like, oh, what? I was like, it's what Terrence McKenna calls the hallway. You know, like when you don't blast off, you're simply just hanging your hat on the hallway. You haven't even made it into the door. You haven't actually had the actual experience. You might think you are, but you're not. And so, yeah, I never actually went anywhere. I was just having a small psychedelic experience, you know, a teaser. And I kept trying. I remember like sitting there like, huh. Should we just stop or should I go again? And so it became kind of addicting or challenging. So I went through a series of sessions trying to go in and trying to go in, but it wouldn't work. And I felt like at one point I got barred from it. You know, the last session that we had, I, I took a valiant attempt. You know, I took three fat hits. At one point I took like six hits back to back. And um, towards the end, though, I started getting barred from it. I wasn't even seeing the chrysanthemum anymore. At one point, I remember seeing these like Joker faces, like these menacing Joker faces. But I do remember too, also, 
seeing this like very archaic and heavy, beautifully decorated door, like stone door, slowly opening, but it didn't open all the way. It just kind of slowly opened and then faded away. And then I remember seeing this gorgeous, gorgeous, like almost elf-like queen or something coming out of this palace. And it was just like this golden, beautifully decorated cult-like palace with like these sharp, very sharp um, ceilings or whatever. And there's a lot of pentagrams too. It was like, it wasn't like a heaven thing. It was weird. I almost got the vibe that it was like uh, a palace in like Hades, you know, not like hell or something, but like, it definitely wasn't like of the light. Like it was a palace in some sort of dark realm, but this gorgeous, like goddess came out. And as she came out, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not there, but this is just like visions that I was having as I was closing my eyes, as she came out, like these like very beautiful neon sacred geometric symbols, like started unfolding in front of her. Like there were steps, like as she was walking and she came out and then it kind of all faded, never really got to meet her or anything. And so that was basically it. You know, Leia did a great job. You know, she encouraged me and told me, you know, not to think much of it because she had the same experience during her first DMT trip. You know, she wasn't able to blast off not until she had the full actual potent form, you know, so I was disappointed, but I still had some fun. It was interesting. It was, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to go through the roller coaster of emotions and, and see some, um, cool things in my mind and connect deeper with that chrysanthemum. Now I know she's there. Now I know that like when I see her, um, it's a gateway. So I'm, I'm excited to try the actual form. And you know, it's funny. I went back home that night with the pen and I ended up smoking it more by myself. Like, okay, let's see if I can do it. Maybe, you know, cause now I was confident in the pen. So I tried to try it again. I tried it two more times by myself in my bed and it was cool, but it didn't work, man. It didn't work. And it's not just me because my friend took back the pen and she said she was going to experiment with it and see if it was just me or the pen. And she said, nope, it's the pen. She, she's experienced. She's an experienced person as well. And she said, yeah, it's the pen. It's just low potent DMT. So yeah, I did DMT, but I did not see God. I did not blast off, but I did have fun. And I can say that I did DMT. I just can't say that I blasted off, but I will. And I'm determined to, and I think I will. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my DMT story, man. I, I, I'm determined to blast off one of these days. And I know if I don't do it before this year is over, which is like a couple weeks, I will definitely do it next year. And as a matter of fact, while you're still, while you're still here, I need you to know, I want you to know that I'm starting a ceremony organization. Um, it's going to be called Mente ceremonies, mente, mind in Spanish. And I'm already partnered with, uh, two people, um, two really close people, uh, that I know to throw events, to put together ceremonies, healing ceremonies, events, you know, fun, spiritual parties and mixers. And we're going to be having our first one at the end of this month in San Diego. So stay tuned for that. Follow me on Instagram to learn more. But if you don't make it to this one at the end of this year, 2023, I'm already speaking to, um, again, these two people, but we already have three venues, no, four venues, I believe four venues in mind to start throwing, um, 
these, spar- these, these parties and mixers and also hosting ceremonies, healing ceremonies. So that's going to be a new passion project of mine next year in 2024 to start organizing and hosting ceremonies and also spiritual parties and mixers and, and also dive a little bit into local music and stuff like that. Um, so I'm excited about that. And, and this is something I've always been passionate about. You know, I, I'm a musician and I was in the music world for many years. And back in high school, I used to put together events. I used to make my own flyers and I used to book all the artists in high school and organize it all um, at my friend's venue. You know, he was very kind. They were very kind to put have faith in me as a teenager to organize these things and put them together. And so I've always been passionate about content creation, organizing events, connecting people, elevating people's lives and through, through art and, um, you know, esoteric and occult experiences, stuff like that. So look out for that. I'm going to be hosting a lot of events and ceremonies and not just in San Diego. I plan to, um, as this grows and gets to be more efficient and successful, I plan to host some of these around the country, around the world. So, yeah. Um, I hope you enjoyed this and Hey, if you got some potent, potent DMT, hit me up, send me an email, send me a DM. And if you have an awesome DMT story, please email me that, um, to my email in the description below. And I will share that story. Tell me if you want it to be anonymous or not. I'll share that story or you can DM it to me, whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for hanging out. I've got a lot of stuff in the works for next year, 2024. So thank you to everybody for rocking with me. I love you all. I couldn't do what I do without you. So yeah, peace.